Welcome back to another episode of Win Championship Repeat Boston Sports Podcast. And on this episode of the podcast, we are going to be looking at the Patriots versus Green Bay Packers and how that game ended and why it was a little more close-knit than we would have expected going into it and what that means for the Patriots moving forward, what that means for the next game against the Lions. Then we're going to be talking about the end of the baseball season, which is an end to the Red Sox potential um, players who are available in free agency and what this means for their team going forward and what we can expect for um, you know the offseason because there is no playoffs unfortunately so we're going to be talking about all of that and talking about the Celtics and you know I want to ask the question does um, a head coach really um, impact um, the team or is it the players uh, that will really have a big impact um, and whether the coach is new or not that doesn't really matter as much so we're going to talk about that afterwards so Patriots were playing against the Green Bay Packers and if you thought this game was going to be a lopsided victory for the Packers it was going to be an even more of a lopsided victory going into it because there was no Mac Jones. There was Brian Hoyer and Bailey Zappi. And apparently, um, you know, it seems like uh, at this point in time, Brian Hoyer was going to be the guy taking over. Zappi was going to be his number two. And I could obviously see um, that Hoyer was ready for this moment. Because he's been here for a long time and he's a pretty good plug-and-play type guy. I like a lot of what he does uh, as a backup quarterback. I personally think Zappi should be given more of a role. And I thought that going into the season, Hoyer should have been the third string slash quarterbacks coach slash helping Mac Jones. And when Mac Jones got hurt, Hoyer was uh, Belichick's number one guy. And it makes sense just because he's been here and experienced and Zappi's the rookie. Well, in the beginning of the game, Brian Hoyer came out with a concussion. And Brian Hoyer could be sitting on the bench a lot longer than Mac Jones. And Brian Hoyer, most likely, is going to probably be out the next game, which uh, we will discuss. And so they had to bring in the rookie. And it looked like there was all hands on deck trying to get this kid, Bailey Zappi, the knowledge and the know-how on how to get this done in a game against a very good Aaron Rodgers and a good Green Bay Packers. And while Green Bay doesn't have the wide receivers that everybody else has, um... And they don't have the wide receivers that they used to have, like the top-tier wide receivers at the time. They're still a great team, and they're going to be, if not number one, number two in the uh, NFC North. And this was a game that I expected, especially when Brian Hoyer got out. Yeah, it's over. Um, and it wasn't. They ended up tying this game. Um, Green Bay uh, was, at this point in time... Um, it was 10-7 to going into the halftime. Patriots were up. Then it was 17-17 um, to in the third. It was 7-7 seven, seven added on, 24-24, to and then it went into overtime, 24-27. Green Bay ended up winning, um, and New England did not get the victory when they needed it. Bailey Zappi, 10-15, 99 yards. He did have one touchdown, first career touchdown. 251 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, 21 to 35 for Aaron Rodgers. Damian Harris had one touchdown, 86 yards, 18 carries. Rondre Stevenson, 14 66. Um, Aaron Jones, 
had 16 for 110. Um, and uh, A.J. Dillon, 17 for 73. Aaron Rodgers had one carrying uh, for one yard. Um, wide receivers, Devontae Parker had the lone touchdown, 2 for 24, um, 3 for 46 for Aguilar, and 2 for 23 for Kendrick Bourne. Alan Lazard, 6 of 116 yards. Romeo Dupes, 5 for 47 yards. And then Randall Cobb, 3 for 42. Um, so not uh, too bad. Um, in terms of fumbles, Bailey Zappi had one in which he lost, and Jack Jones recovered one on defensive side. Romeo Dubes had one fumble which he lost, and El Elgin Jenkins and Rashad Gary ended up uh, recovering touch uh, fumbles. Randall Cobb lost one as well, which his teammate uh, ended up recovering. So, yeah. Uh, on the defensive side of things, we got one Matthew Judon sack, which was the only sack of the game. We got... Uh, Two sacks for Sean Gary, uh, half sack for Dean Lowry, half sack for Preston Smith, uh, four, four sacks total um, in that one. And so it was um, a much better uh, game right there. Um, and so uh, on the other side of things, Jack Jones had an interception. Marcus Jones, 411 yards. Amani Rogers, 366 yards. Marcus Jones, 2 of 49. Amani Rogers, 2 of 11 for punts. Nick Folk was perfect. Field goals, 101 and 3 of 3 on extra points. And then we saw Mason Crosby, 2 of 2 on field goals, 3 of 3 on extra points. Um, and so it was an interesting um, turn of events um, in that game, uh, for sure. And. Uh, at this point, uh, yeah, it was uh, a pretty good game for Green Bay and for the Patriots because the Patriots weren't expected to win this one. And they didn't, but they ended up um, snagging a close one, which was better than expected for sure. And I think um, who knows exactly what's going to happen uh, moving forward. The Patriots will now take on... The uh, Detroit Lions in a game of one in three uh, matchups. Now, they do have maybe a little bit of an advantage here, Patriots-wise, because Matt Patricia was the head coach there, so there's a little bit of connections. I'm sure he knows the system still um, a little bit, even though it's probably totally changed from when he was head coach. But in terms of the um, game, uh, Patriots 54% chance of winning, 45% chance that the um, Lions win. We have a bunch of guys who are questionable or out. Uh, Mac Jones is questionable, probably not going to play. Brian Hoyer is on the injured reserve. Jonu Smith, Raquan McMillan, Jacoby Myers, um, the whole nine. Um, and so that is um, the situation with um, this game. Um, and they also added in um, Garrett Gilbert the practice squad quarterback he was with the Patriots before he's back uh this is just as assurance um my guess is if there is no if there is no uh Brian Hoyer no Mac Jones well he's going to be the backup to um the uh new guy in town Bailey Zappi so it's a very interesting situation for the Patriots there is a little bit of information that came out recently um and this was from the Bill Simmons podcast. Apparently, Robert Kraft was all in on Bailey Zappi. Uh, he thought that um, he should have started over Brian Hoyer. 
Um, I guess uh, the owner was uh, a big fan of uh, the guy from Western Kentucky, Bailey Zappi. Quote, one thing I've heard, as you know, I have some Pat's birdies. Kraft loves Zappi, and Kraft thought he should have started this week over Hoyer. He likes all in on Zappi. Um, he didn't play terrible. He was solid, 99 yards, a touchdown. Um, and, you know, I think uh, Kraft might get his wish. Who knows? Uh, this is just another example, if it is something that's true, of Kraft having his own opinion and the opinion of um, Belichick being totally different, right? Obviously, with the whole Tom Brady stuff, we know what happened. You know, there was Robert Kraft who looked at Tom Brady as a son and he really couldn't see a world without him in the Patriots uniform. Unfortunately, he left. But Belichick was more, let's move on to Jimmy G. Let's find another quarterback. And Kraft was sticking with Tom Brady. And if it wasn't Tom Brady who left, I'm sure he'd still be rolling with this team because Kraft is all in on um, him. So for the Patriots, you know, could this be another situation in which Belichick and Kraft butt heads? And I, I don't want to say this with, um, you know, certainty, or I don't know if this is something that could happen, or I don't even know. But Belichick, it seems like he might have run his course here. I love Belichick. He's done so much for the Patriots. But is it time to move on? Like, is it time to get a new head coach? Is it time to get someone to work with this new team? Get someone in there who could be a great head coach who's not Bill Belichick anymore? Because he was great. Um, but I don't know, maybe we need something else and, you know, maybe Kraft might want something else. Like his course has been run with this championship group and it's time to move on. I don't know if that's going to happen, but there is that chance that maybe it does happen. Who knows? We'll see. So I want to move on to the Boston Celtics for a hot minute and talk about how they ended up beating the Hornets. They lost to the Raptors in preseason by um, uh, six. And then they're moving on to play the Hornets again in preseason. And I think their preseason's four games and they play the Hornets twice. Once versus and once at. And the same with the Raptors. Um, but we now have a new era of Joe Missoula basketball. And the question I want to ask is... Does a great basketball team overstep the coach, or do you need a great head coach to make a basketball team great? Now, obviously, there are some basketball teams that have had terrible coaches, and they've still done well, and there have been great coaches who have made average teams a lot better. Um, is this team going to be like far superior to a team with Ime? Probably not, but will they be as good of a team? Or does the fact that you take out Ime and you bring in Joe Mazzula make for a team that's not as good? Um, and I don't think that's the case either. Um, honestly, Mazzula's been an assistant coach with this team since Brad joined. And he's been here. So he knows this system. Like, it's not as difficult of a situation. Like, if you brought in someone who had no experience with the Celtics at all, or someone who was just like an assistant coach with the Celtics, but not really... Like, if Damian Stoudemire had gotten that job and not Joe Mazzula, like, that'd be a lot more difficult, in my opinion, because he's been here for just one year and doesn't have that repertoire. Like, Mazzula knows the players. Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Grant Williams, all these guys who have been here, he's know these guys. So, 
there it's not like you're pulling someone out of thin air this guy uh has been here even as an assistant coach and so I think this team is going to be fine and I think this is going to be another strike on their list of reasons to just be angry and it's going to fuel their fire and like this team to me is going to be a very good team this year like I personally don't think you know it's they're going to be that bad. I think they're going to use this as fuel for the fire with everything going on. Um, it's going to be another strike on the board, and they're going to use that to their advantage, and they're going to you know, use this power and fire that will fuel them to make the finals again. And for a franchise that has had really some bad luck at times, and they haven't been as successful in the last 20 years as their past has been but um they've been better off than the stretch of the 90s early 2000s which was not great at all they're much better now but the amount of eastern conference finals they got to and didn't make it and then nba finals they lost last year just this year i think they're gonna be a good team and i think they're gonna be one of the best in the east and if you have ime that's great if you got joe mazula i think it'll still be good and so this is just the basketball gods or the sports gods like throwing another uh wrench in the the plans for boston sports like the bruins are okay not great red sox shit the bed this year patriots look like they're shit in the bed this year the celtics were our lone hope of a championship or any sort of success and they'll get there but injury of gallinari and you know the next thing happens and i maze out and it's just one after another after another. Robert Williams is out for like six weeks, eight weeks. And it's just one after another after another. It's like the gods of sports are just throwing down haymakers at Boston. Just kicking us in the nuts. Like, can't you just give us something? I know we've had a lot of success. And we're, you know, spoiled as fans. We're spoiled as, you know, a you know, city in a New England area. And, you know, I get that. But... The Celtics are a lone hope, and I don't think this is going to change much. You know, I think Missoula knows what's going on, and Brad's going to be there for every phone call if he needs it, and they'll be fine. And, you know, the Celtics, I'm not worried about. Red Sox, I am a little worried about. The Red Sox are, to put it uh, nicely, not looking so hot. Um, they have so many guys who are free agents. We don't even know what's going to happen, right? They came in last place. Like, Xander might not even want to stick around. Rafi might want to get his money and go somewhere else. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. And Cheryl Bloom, to be honest with you, I don't know what his mind is thinking. Like, I don't know if he's thinking, am I going to keep these players? Am I going to trade these players? Am I going to... Like, I don't know where his mindset is going forward. And I don't know if, like, he's going to go out there and... Um, keep Xander and Devers and try and do it again or if he's gonna scratch that and start over I mean I would be very upset if he got rid of Xander and Devers I read something today that said the Red Sox and Xander Bogarts are in the starting process of a renegotiation of a new contract so it sounds like they're getting the ball rolling I think the Red Sox can't lowball they can't bullshit like this guy's been here since day one like Devers and Bogarts have been here since day one like you can't just bullshit with these guys like you gotta throw them the best offer you can give them right off the bat and say this is what we're giving you this is the best and then it's up to them to say yeah we're good we'll stick around or nah see you later like 
there you go. Put it right in their face. Like, this is the best offer we got for you. The best. And you can't just be, you know, bullshitting with them. And you can't just, you know, you know, dance around the numbers. And, you know, I know Charon Bloom tries to run things, and I've said this before, like the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, but you're not fucking running a million, multi-million, close to billion dollar, if not over billion dollar organization like Fenway Sports Group, like the Red Sox, like the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. You're not running this team like Tampa Bay. If that's your case, go to Cleveland. Go to Oakland. Like, we don't want you. Like, we want someone who's going to spend the money when he needs to spend the money and someone who knows when to pull the reins back. Dave Dombrowski got us a championship, and at this point, in my opinion, I like Dave Dombrowski 10 million times more than I like Cherum Bloom right now. And you can say, oh, well, Dave Dombrowski depleted our, our farm system. Like, okay, well, what did we get out of that? We had one of the best records in baseball in 2018, and we won a championship. And he's been someone who got us healthy when healthy Chris Sale, Avaldi, um, so many pieces when healthy. Granted, a lot of those pieces have left or gotten older or injured, but I think at this point I'd rather have a Dombrowski than I would have Cherum Bloom because Cherum Bloom, I don't know, he hasn't done much yet. And I love, I love Trevor Story, and I like that they kind of put out the bank for him. And I think next year when he's 100% healthy, he's going to get a rebound. And if we can keep Xander and Devers and Trevor Story and go from there, I think we'll be all right. I think there's a good foundation to our team. We have a lot of holes, and our pitching is our biggest hole. And if we didn't upgrade anywhere else but pitching, I would be okay. But we need either a closer or if Tanner Hook's our closer. We need relievers. We need starters. We need a whole new pitching rotation. Like, if it was up to me... If Nathan Avaldi's a free agent right now, like, I'd say, see you later. If Chris Sale's got a few more years left, like, trade him for whatever you can get. Like, just get rid of him, because he's definitely not worth anything. And I think we're in a much better situation now than we were back when Mookie Betts had to get traded. Uh, so, I don't think they're going to trade away, like, a Xander or a Devers just to um trade away Chris Sale I don't even think they can because those guys are now free agents but you know in terms of the whole scheme of things like it's time for Sharon Bloom to put his big boy pants on and get up there with the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Mets and these big teams spending money because like if that ain't gonna work like we don't want to have you here anymore and I don't know if that's also John Henry and if that's the case John Henry's kind of dipping his beak uh, in the wrong places and spending his time with fucking Pittsburgh Penguins and Liverpool and if he wants to venture into other sports like guy if you that's what you want get someone who's going to be invested in the Red Sox how many millionaire and billionaires out there are from the New England area who would love to have a piece of the Red Sox pot like if you don't want that like get out like, I don't give a shit about Liverpool. I don't give a shit about the Penguins. Like, I care about the Red Sox. And if you don't care enough about the Red Sox, then you shouldn't be the guy in charge. And you shouldn't be owning this team. Because, again, there are countless people, whether they're from Boston or New England or otherwhere, that would easily take this ownership and just run with it and be great. And there are a lot of owners in baseball who are great. And then there's you. So, you know, it's time to move on, John Henry, if this is not your thing. You kind of are getting into that James Dolan territory. You know, nobody likes James Dolan, but he's still the owner of the Knicks. Knicks are one of the biggest franchises in basketball, and they're going to be a garbage town 
for basketball if nothing changes. And everyone's saying, oh, well, we got to get rid of James Dolan. He's got to leave. Like, unless James Dolan says the N-word and makes fun of some people, he's he's not leaving. So, um, you know, John Henry, you know, it might be time to move. It might be time to leave because I just don't see any point in keeping you around as the owner if you're not going to be invested in this team. Like, look at, you know, Robert Kraft and how invested he is with the Patriots. Look at uh, Wick Grusbeck and how interested and invested he is with the Celtics. Like, these guys, like, bleed Celtics green and Patriots red and white and blue. And John Henry just could care less. And I also, you know, think it could be, he's from, um, I think he's from New York. So he has no ties to the Boston area. So it's not like Wick, it's not like Robert Kraft where they have the ties to Boston and to New England itself. Um, so, yeah. Just, uh, this offseason is going to be a big one, and if Cheryl Bloom can't get the job done, like, it's time to move on and get someone who is, because at this point in time, I'm a lot happier with Dave Dombrowski than I am with Cheryl Bloom, so that's my own thoughts on that one.